What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Missing Persons. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Speaking of Missing Persons, and welcome to the new listeners. Before we get started on today's show, quick shameless shout-out to our other show that you should be checking out, Unsolved Mayhem. Um, also, we did some updating on the Patreon. If you didn't catch that last week, I'm throwing it out there now. Make sure you go check that out. That's linked in the show notes and episode notes. I'll go more in-depth on what we did uh, at the end of the episode. And don't forget to subscribe. And leave us five stars. I'm going to throw that out there now so you don't forget. It helps push us up the charts. <laughs> anyway, um, Sarah? It's my turn. Yeah, it's your <laughs> turn. What is happening? What are we talking about? Who are we talking about? Where, what, when, why, who, how, what? Today we're going to talk about a girl named Aubrey Dameron. Okay. Not familiar with the name. She was born in northeast Oklahoma in a town called Grove. This is a Cherokee nation around 7,000 square miles. Oh, wow. So almost the size of New Jersey. Okay. All right. The reservation is dotted with cities and small towns and has numerous state parks that are full of woods and lakes. So a little bit about where she lives lived in august of 2018 aubrey moved back to her hometown in oklahoma from new mexico where she was living with a boyfriend according to him she moved back to get help with an addiction to drugs and alcohol but that cannot be confirmed she moved back in with her mom jennifer her stepfather and her brother aubrey was not well accepted when she returned to Grove. Oh, did she, like, piss a lot of people off before she left or something? No, she was transgender. Okay. She had come out as gay with her uncle Christian, which was her mom's brother, when they were teenagers. Like, they both came out to their family together that they were gay. Okay, so transgender meaning... She was born a male. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And she trans transitioning to be a female. Gotcha. She later came out and also told her parents that she was transgender. Right. While living in New Mexico, her then boyfriend had taken Aubrey to Colorado to get breast augmentation surgery. And not everyone in her small town of Oklahoma appreciated this change. I mean, it's it's Oklahoma. Yeah. I could see that not going over very well there. No. Her uncle Christian, who was only six months older than her, they, to me, it seems like they grew, they grew up and were raised when they were kids as like they were brothers. Yeah. And 
he would say they preferred playing with dolls instead of trucks and they were really close to each other. They seems like they were best friends growing up. Yeah, I mean if you're that close in age. Yeah. Aubrey came out to the world on Facebook writing, It's really a blessing to be able to explain my life and my story to you guys. You know, to have somebody to listen to you when you cry out, you're not alone. So she was very, like, open yeah. about her life. Not only was she proud of her identity as a trans woman, she was also very proud of being Cherokee. Like yeah, her, her heritage. heritage. Often people assumed she was Caucasian. Like, when you look at her picture, she looks Caucasian. But when they got to know her, she would tell them she was Cherokee within, like, the first five minutes of the conversation. Very proud of where she came from. Yeah. Aubrey was also pretty close to her mom's sister, Pam. Pam said life for Aubrey was hard as a trans woman in Grove. She was not received very well by the community, and both Aubrey and Christian had to deal with, like, homophobic slurs and being chased home from school. They were bullied a lot. So they bonded over that. And it seems like their aunt, well, Christian's sister and Aubrey's Aunt Pam was, like, their biggest support. At first, Aubrey was not really accepted at home either. It was new to her family. They didn't know how to handle it. But according to Christian, they moved forward and found acceptance, which was yeah. Nice. I mean, that's good. At least they, <clears throat> at least they tried. Yeah. Now, this is where it, I don't know. So on March sixteenth, two thousand nineteen, Pam received a Facebook message from one of her friends, who asked if Shorty was missing, which is what they called. Aubrey they called her shorty Pam was confused she so she asked her friend like what are you talking about and the friend messaged back saying that one of Aubrey's friends had made a Facebook post asking if anyone had seen Aubrey now at the time Pam and Christian lived 90 minutes away from Grove in Tulsa Oklahoma first Pam called the police station in Grove to like figure out what was going on and they just flat out were like, you have to call her mom to get information. Okay. So she hung up with them and called Jennifer to find out what was going on. This is when Pam finds out that her niece has been missing since March 9th. And this is what day again? It's the 16th. Oh, wow. A week. If you ever did this to me, I'd punch you out. Jennifer told Pam that the last time she saw Aubrey was at 3.30 in the morning on the 9th. And, like, Jennifer had got up to go to the bathroom and Aubrey was heading out the back door. It's like she didn't even tell anybody in her family, though, that Aubrey was missing. Yeah, that's weird. It's weird. According to Jennifer, Aubrey told her she was going to meet someone and... She was wearing all black at the time, a black jacket, top, skirt, tights, and boots. When Aubrey did not return home, her mom filed a missing persons report. But I could not find anything that said how many days went by 
before she filed a missing persons report. So what concerned Pam the most here, besides the fact that Aubrey was missing, it was also that Aubrey suffered from epilepsy and required anti-seizure medication, which she left home without. She did not have her medicine. Yeah, that's not good. And none of that made sense to Pam. She did not believe Aubrey would just walk away without her medication. Now, this is where, to me, things get a little weirder. Pam and Christian want more information. Right. Rightfully so. They're her aunt and uncle. Pam reached out to the Delaware County Sheriff's Office for answers since they were the ones handling the case. And according to Pam, uh, Captain Gail Wells seemed dismissive and said, quote, well, Pam said when Quote, when I first spoke to him, he asked me why I thought Aubrey was missing. She told Wells that Aubrey was naive and gullible and had been gone for over a week and would not have just left without her medicine. Right. Wells told her he did not believe Aubrey was missing because of her lifestyle and that they did not have enough resources to launch a full investigation. Now, when they say lifestyle, are they referring to, to the, the fact the trans- that she's gen- trans? Mm-hmm. And the rumors that she was into drugs and alcohol. But that was rumors that came from an ex-boyfriend. Right. Who's probably pissed off at her. Yeah. You can't trust the ex no. for an accurate view. No. And if nobody else in her regular day-to-day life is claiming is she's on drugs... Things- which all the things I read, he was the, the he was the only one that said that. Mm, I'm skeptical. Now the resources part of what he said could be true. We don't know how many officers this police force had, and a lot of times they really don't have the resources. Yes. To find people. Yeah. To Especially launch, if they've like, full never had to do it before. Yeah. Right. But to totally dismiss them was bullshit. Like, he could have called a different agency and been like, hey, we need help. Right. Right. Instead of just going, "Mm, we don't think that they're missing because of their lifestyle. Stop calling us. Right. That's crap. Without much help from the sheriff's office, Pam and Christian took matters into their own hands and started looking for Aubrey themselves. I'll say that police have have done something because they said her phone pinged off the Wi-Fi at a nearby trailer park at around 3.42 a.m. that day that her mom saw her. And they found that she had sent Facebook messages while she was still at home asking people for rides. Okay. So I think not to defend them because I'm not. But I think maybe they didn't have the resources to launch, like, full-fledged searches. But maybe they were still, like, obviously they got her phone records and... They were trying to do behind-the-scenes things, stuff that they could do easily. But to even say to a family, like, we don't have the resources is bullshit. Right. Like, you shouldn't say that. Then find them. Yeah. Find the resources. It's unknown, though, if she got a ride from any of these people 
that she was messaging on Facebook. Nobody knows. No one at the trailer park claimed to have seen Aubrey that morning either. And without much to go on, Pam and Christian decided to get volunteers together to just search. Um, They started at the last place she was seen, which was her house. So they got three dozen volunteers together and started searching outside her family home. They searched the entire property and surrounding areas. Now, Christian would say that usually when she left her driveway, she would go to the left. Like if she was walking somewhere, she would go to the left. So that's kind of what they went off of is we'll start this way and go to the left and see if we find anything. So they asked neighbors if they had any like security camera footage like from ring doorbells. Mm Mm-hmm. And the neighbors let them look at their footage, and they found nothing with Aubrey on it. Mm. This was a blow to Pam and Christian, but while walking down the side of the road, a volunteer found a sock with what appeared to be blood on it. They did give it to the police, and it was sent in for testing, but police said it came back inconclusive. Aubrey's aunt and uncle believed she was the victim of a hate crime or some sort of foul play, saying she would not just cut off communication with her family and friends. What made this strange to me is that her mom, brother, and stepfather don't seem concerned. Don't seem concerned and did not really join in the searches to look for her. Like, didn't tell the rest of the family. They're not the ones really contacting the police to get more information. They're not the ones getting the volunteers together. Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. Her mom was the last one to see her at 3 a.m. Yeah, it's all very weird to me, but I don't want... Yeah. I don't know. Well, Pam and Christian decided to get the Cherokee Nation Marshal Service involved to help look for Aubrey. And the Cherokee Tribal Police, sorry, Police Marshal Shannon uh, Bull said that they are doing everything they can to find Aubrey. And they're looking at the case more from a homicide perspective instead of a missing persons case. Because their theory is like you tend to get more information when you're looking at it from a different viewpoint. Right. Mm-hmm. And the only theory that anybody really has is that she was e- either involved in a hate crime or her ex-boyfriend could have been involved. Yeah, but he was all the way in New Mexico, right? Yeah, but nobody knows. I, there's like nobody, the police didn't really check in to him. And according to Pam... Aubrey moved back to New Mexico because her relationship with this guy was really toxic. She moved back to Oklahoma. Okay. When she moved back to Oklahoma like the year before, she told Pam that it was because their relationship was really toxic and that she was scared of him. So Pam is like, maybe he had something to do with it. But I think she's leaning more towards somebody in the town did something to her because of her right. being 
trans and gay. And very open about and it. And very open about it, which she has the right to do. Aubrey is 5'10", weighs 150 pounds, brown hair and eyes, and multiple tattoos. It seems that now the FBI is also involved in the case. So if you have any information about her whereabouts, you can call them also at 1-800-CALL-FBI. Or you can call the Cherokee Nation Marshal Service at 918-207-3800. Also, that was really fucked up that the police in her community are, like, not even involved in if you find her or if you have information. to call them at all. It's really fucked up. Well, if you out there listening know anything, make sure... You're contacting them. She gave you the phone number. Hopefully someone's able to find her. So, um, like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, we messed with our Patreon. We added a couple new tiers on there. So make sure you're going and checking that out. There's some uh, exclusive stuff on there, like voting rights on bonus episodes and other episodes, stuff like that. If you have a case suggestion, make sure you send that to our email. Speaking of missing persons at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, don't forget to leave us five stars wherever you're listening. You know, we can get these stories out to more people, push us up the charts so that more people can hear them. And, and I think that'd be a good thing. Thank so, you. Uh, any final thoughts or words of wisdom? I don't know. I kind of agree. Like, I feel like it was. More than likely a hate crime situation. Yeah. Unfortunately. And that's really shitty. I Super agree. Super shitty. Don't commit hate crimes. There you go. Or any crime. All right. Well, we will see y'all back next week. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye. <laughs>